everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. Welcome. I am super excited to have you here today, Chantal. I am like anxious to ask you some questions about your business, learn more about you. And um, I'm just excited to like have you here today. So first and foremost, welcome. How are you? I'm good. And I'm so happy to be here with you. I am um, so happy for the community that you've grown and so thankful for it. I have for a long time wished that I had more time in our growing business to like spend time on the Facebook page and see what people are posting and be more of a commenter. But I so appreciate the community that you have cultivated and um, it's just a joy to see it thriving so and to be a part of it i'm super grateful to have you be part of it it's fun man when we have people like you on it who like contribute and like just have fun with it that's that's when it's the most fun so um i'm just super grateful to have you in it i i love our i love our management community you know i feel like you guys are like the most some of the most engaged members of the community, like you guys really like get into some really good conversations, like ask really good questions. Yeah. I, so I find it incredibly valuable to have the other talent managers and to even have the kind of like that little subsection because, and you know, I'll share a little bit, like I did, I have only been in the influencer marketing space for almost four years. So in some ways that is forever, but in a lot of ways, I mean, there's amazing members who have been here for a lot longer. And, you know, even as Instagram decides to change everything every four minutes, like it's always nice to be like, Hey, did you see this? Or have you worked with this agency? Or what are your best practices when dealing with this type of clients? And, you know, so having, having those people to, to bounce ideas off of and learn from has been amazing. And yeah, it's great. That's sort of like the spirit of the group. So I, I don't know, I'll say it, like I say this a million times, but like, we're only as great of a community as the people who are in the community. And like, that is certainly the ideal situation, which is that like, you're open to sharing, you're open to asking just as you're much, just as much as you're open to sharing. Um, I don't know. It's great to hear that you've had a really great experience and that they're like, awesome people that you've connected with in the group. So with that being said, I'm going to like briefly introduce you to everyone who's tuning in today. And then I I want to, I have a bunch of questions and I'm excited to ask you. So first, just to like briefly introduce you. So you were born in Boston, um, but went to DC for college and you didn't study marketing, tourism, and event management. Chantal worked in nonprofit associations for almost 15 years. And then she moved to Denver and worked remotely until she got laid off, which we're going to, we're going to chat about later. Cause I feel like there are so many lessons for someone to glean from going through that kind of an experience. Then that's when she actually pivoted to working in the creator economy, which is when she worked for a merch company. And now you're in talent management, of course, long haul management. But then I love learning more about 
the women in our community a little bit like outside of work. So I love learning that you're a mom of two and you're also a board member of your Jewish congregation and your local theater company. Shout out to a fellow theater girl. (laughs) Hell yeah. yeah. So I, with all that being said, um, I feel like my, my first question to you Everybody has different motivations in life, you know? A motivation could be like, oh, I got laid off, man. Like I had to rebuild. I don't know. Or like I have two incredible kids and I want to teach them. What is your motivation in business? And essentially, like, what is your business? Why? Sure. And what a great question. I think I think I look at it in business and in life, but my I had a big influence um, from my family growing up in that my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. And so having a sense of community was always really important to my mom and my dad, even as they moved from South Africa to the States, like creating a sense of community. And so, you know, being kind and helping other people in need and kind of being aware of the people around you and how you can lift them up in some ways has always been really important to me. So throughout my career, you know, it's, it's been about business and, you know, learning and continuous learning and self-improvement, but it's always been also about the relationship. So having meaningful connections with the people that I work with, having meaningful connections with, you know, both colleagues and clients um, or the members that I'm serving from the association world and really, you know, connecting with people on a person level. So I try not to start business meetings with, you know, let's get right to it. Let's cover the brief, but Hey, how's your day? Where are you zooming in from nowadays? You know, to kind of get to know the person. Cause I've just seen that having, you know, at least a little bit of that personal relationship just makes business and life in general so much easier and more fulfilling. So I do, I'm feeling a little bit stretched right now because the theater I'm on the board with is, you know, going through a capital campaign and the congregation's going great, but figuring out, you know, Zooming and live streaming and, um, and work is so great and so rewarding. And we've grown from four people last year to 12 people this year. And, you know, I have many hats on in our company. So I'm HR, I'm also biz dev, I'm also operations. So, you know, kind of juggling everything, but always taking the time when possible to connect with individuals and, you know, creating the culture that I want to see where it's, you know, you come first people come first, relationships come first, and, you know, the money will follow. But, you know, living in a way that you're creating, um, you know, whether it's content from our clients, but like creating something that brings a smile to other people's faces, like all of our creators do, or, um, you know, giving back in some way has always been really meaningful to me. Well, I think that's a beautiful mission and sort of like personal touch to your work, what what drives you, et cetera, et cetera. The relationship piece, like real talk as a manager, and especially since you're like, I wear a million hats, because like, yes, absolutely. That can be really hard, right? Like, and and I always want to be real about, you know, about what we're all going through as influencer marketers and business owners and, and the whole nine. So I want to get like specific. I want to get tactical. I would love to hear from you 
like, okay, so it sounds like you really prioritize relationships, relationship building. And I've always gotten that sense from you. So you're, you're doing a good job at it. It's coming across. <laughs> so my question for you is like, are there certain like ways that help you do that? Are there certain like schedules? Like, I don't know, every once a month, the first of the month, I reach out to certain people. Like, are there certain things that you do to really help facilitate building those relationships? <laughs> Amazing question. And I think it's one of those things where like, I wish I had more hours in the day. And even when, you know, I do go back to work sometimes late at night, like there's still just not enough time. So I think, um, you know, it's funny when I worked remotely, I was the only marketing person. I work remotely now in my job, but in a previous job, I was the only person on my team who wasn't in the DC area. And I'd fly back every month or so. And when I flew back, I, you know, did work late at night, but I made a point when I was in the office to go and see everyone and like check in, Hey, how are you as a person? And Hey, like, let's talk about this later. And, you know, like, take time, you know, the kind of the water cooler conversations that I think a lot of us maybe miss now if we're not back in the office. Um, and then virtually, I we do, you know, as a company, have regular Zoom meetings. So we are checking in face-to-face. -face. So even if, you know, the sales team is busy in emails, trying to close more deals for our clients, and the execution team is reaching out to, um, you know, work with all of our clients on the ongoing campaigns, we still have those touch points and we're all still learning from each other, you know, in a way that's like not a meeting for meeting sake, because Lord knows nobody wants that. But in a way where, you know, we do have kind of that check in to make sure we're on the same page, we're all connecting, we're sharing best practices, we're always learning from each other. Um, so I think, you know, having that culture of learning, and then making sure also because um, it is tough to reach out to everyone and our roster has grown significantly. So I think one of the things we're still figuring out is really, you know, how to split up people's time so that our clients do feel like there's a whole team behind them, but that we also have that one-on-one -on -one touch. And so sometimes it is, yeah, like a monthly, Hey, here's a reach out. Like I haven't talked to you in a while. So just want to hear your voice, know that I'm working on things for you, you know, looking forward to bringing you deals soon. So I think, scheduling things. I, I have, I heard this saying, which I love, which is schedule your priorities and don't prioritize your schedule. Cause I think, you know, it's like working out or, you know, doing whatever, if it's not on the schedule for me, it's not going to get done. So making sure that you're thinking about what is important to me in my life, what is important to me to get done and actually putting it on a calendar and making sure that you have time set aside is so important. One of the things um, I've been doing with my daughters for quality time is recently after dinner, we play Skippo. It's just a card game. She knows I'm stuck in my office, you know, late and early sometimes, but, you know, making sure to kind of have that time schedule that we can look forward to together is really important. Wait, I don't know Skippo. How do you play <laughs> Skippo? Tell me. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, not crazy eights, like spite and malice where you have a deck of cards and you need to, you know, go like one through 12 and then get new cards. So basically you have a deck and you need to get rid of all of your cards and other cards help you. That's a terrible explanation, but it's fun. <laughs> no, that's awesome. How old are your kids, by the way? Um, so my daughter is 10 and turning 11 soon. And my son is 13. 
So I'm they I'm in Denver and I grew up on the East Coast where school goes to end of June and it still is a shock to me that tomorrow, May 25th, is their last school day of the year. I'm like, where did it go? Oh my God, May 25th? That's so early. Do they start earlier as well? They start mid-August. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So summer are... goes by real quick over here. <laughs> totally. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I look at it's I appreciate that you sort of infused into the conversation, like how to build relationships not only with your your brands, the agencies, your clients, but also your family, right? Like that's important because all of this takes focus and prioritization. And like, let's not forget about the things that are like most important in life. And like, even for those of us who are obsessed and love their work, you know, like, cause it's fun. It's, it is fun. Like Every day it is also... Yeah fun, important, and healthy to know like outside of work, what's also important to you. So I don't know. And that spirit, I mean, I heard a little bit about how like theater, you love theater, you know, Jewish congregation, your kids, like what else do you like do to sort of like unwind from work and and what else are you into? Oh boy. I mean, I'll be honest, that all keeps me busy. My daughter plays soccer and my son does Taekwondo. We're very much in that like kid activities and work and like, you know, maybe enjoy a glass of wine on the weekends. We have good friends. My husband likes to cook. So I'm very lucky in that he does a lot of the hosting and cooking duties and I get to enjoy. So yeah, I wish I had more free time to do fun things. And in Denver, everyone does enjoy the outside. So we love to go hiking and go up to the mountains. Um, But a lot of time is spent, you know, I, working and <laughs> closing deals and making sure the business is, is, is continuing, which is great. Real talk. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I hear you on that. Is there, what is the, what does the influencer marketing community look like in Denver? I've actually like, I know someone else who, I know a couple other people who are there. I know someone who just moved there. So I'm like curious. I'm like, is Denver a market that like you think people should keep an eye on? I am probably not the best to answer because I, I've worked from home for so long now that I feel like I don't know the community. And, um, you know, when, so I worked for an association in DC for a long time. I worked remotely. And as you mentioned in the intro, I, I got laid off and I wanted to share that experience because I was not expecting it. A whole bunch of people got laid off at the same time. I was the only person in um, from my marketing department who wasn't in town. And it was a real blow to my ego. I was like, what am I going to do? I don't have a network in Denver. And so it really, you know, took me a minute to kind of shake myself off and say, all right, well, I'm not just, you know, like it's, it was a lot tougher. I will say to look for jobs. This was four years ago than I thought. I mean, I'm, you know, now I'm 42, Um, and you know, as you get older and you have expectations of a salary and other stuff, it sometimes is hard to start over. And what I learned, um, when I was looking for jobs in Denver is that the association world is really an interesting subsect and in DC, everyone knows it and you can see how it applies to B2B or B2C. But if you aren't so familiar with it, you know, we, 
and I, you know, I had a million dollar budget. Like I was working on a whole bunch of stuff. I was acquiring new members, which is very similar to acquiring new customers. But um, I think it takes, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting transition if you're trying to explain, you know, to HR people who are reviewing tons of resumes, what is it that, you know, this person can do and do they have the direct relevant experience that's going to translate easily. And even if you do, it's sometimes not as easy to get through that threshold. So I discovered that, you know, creating a community and reaching out to other marketing people, because that was my background in Denver was super important. I also have an event management background. I did wedding planning. So I was like, what do I want to do with my time? I don't necessarily want to give up my weekends with kids now for wedding planning, but I do love the event space. I love putting things together. Um, and um, at the time, you know, I think something really important is when your career isn't exactly where you want it to be, or you're feeling frustrated in some other way. I think it's really important to consider, you know, we should all be learning. We should all be trying new things and putting ourselves out there and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. And I think especially now companies get that you don't need to stay for years and years. It's not necessarily a red flag, but you can go and try something and discover if it's a fit or not. I think, you know, trying new positions and even if you're able to get a contract job, it's a great way to see what is it that I like in this role? What is it that I don't like in this role? What is it that, how is it that I can add value to perhaps change the role to what I want it to be. And I think it's, you know, really important. I, I, someone once said, you know, when you're looking at new jobs, don't always just look at title. Think about what skills are you going to be learning that you can take into the future. So um, I got connected. My brother actually connected me with one of his clients. Um, my brother is Dan. He started long haul management. And um, at the time he was a one man show, but he had met Matt Pat of Game Theorist and Film Theorist and now Food Theorist, um, who's got 20 million subscribers now, but he had met him back in the MCN world years ago. And he started bringing Matt deals and Matt's following continued to grow. And Matt has a great um, merch partnership with Creator Inc. And so they were starting up and growing and needed someone who... Um, could respond to customer service and help back end and start as they grow. So um, I was like, that's something I can do. I can do it while I'm looking for jobs. It was part-time, it was hourly, but it was really neat to kind of get a foot in the door and see how engaged creators fans were. Like I had parents emailing in about the merch and my, this makes my son so happy and he's autistic. And this is the one YouTube show that I, you know, really watch with him and just enjoy the, you know, smart analysis of fun video games and, you know, makes my kids so happy. Like that kind of stuff was so heartwarming. And I'm like, these creators, it's not just a YouTuber as it was, you know, the YouTuber space is like really meaningful and maybe more so than I thought as someone who traditionally watched other streaming services. And I started realizing the power that these people have over, you know, creating happiness and, you know, creating joy with their fans. Um, and so it was really neat to see. And as my brother decided that he could use help scaling his business, um, it was, it was an interesting fit. We're like, okay, so either we'll kill each other, uh, or, you know, we, we do actually see the value that each person brings. So I have a big 
backgrounds in marketing and in tech analysis, um, you know, use case scenario, um, customer acquisition. So I kind of have the marketing hat and he is more of the visionary. And so actually having that partnership where, you know, we can work together, we value each other's opinions, um, you know, because I'm the older sister, maybe I, I um, respect his authority in the company and his vast experience, but also I'm not afraid to push back when I'm like, you're being ridiculous right now. <laughs> so it's, it's um, I will say working with family is interesting, um, but it's been so rewarding and it's like, I'm so proud of him as an employee, but also as a family member to see the company that, you know, he started, but that I've you know, substantially contribute to and, and help build. And um, it really is like, you know, family pride over what we've all created. Oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay, let's first start with the fact that you work with your brother. Um, I will share transparently that I have worked with family in the past and did not have a good experience at all whatsoever. And I, I am very like impressed by, it sounds like you guys have a very healthy working relationship. You've obviously created, you know, and, and grown and scaled, like you said, this great agency and, you know, you should know, I, I, you know, when I are, am, have been speaking with people recently about like stuff in gaming, your name comes up in a very positive light. And like, and pretty consistently as like, you guys have really made a great name for yourself and your agency. So I hope you're, you both are really, really proud of what you built. That's a separate, separate, separate item that I wanted to just share with you. But back to, I, I, it's true. I just pass along great feedback, you know, <laughs> um, but separately, I'm very impressed by the fact that like you and your brother are making it work so well for, you know, for anyone listening or watching who um, is considering going into business with family, um, I can share the horror stories and I want you to share <laughs> maybe like what they should like ask and talk about beforehand, like how to decide if it if it's a good fit, tips and tricks, like anything that you can share with people who are considering working with family. Sure. I mean, I think personality matters for sure. So, you know, knowing, you know, the roles and kind of established um, responsibilities and what each person is going to be taking on is really important. We also grew up being very direct. So, you know, my brother pulls no punches, like you will know what he is thinking, you will know what he is feeling. Um, and in the beginning, it did take me a little while where, you know, I'd send an email, he'd be copied. And then like three seconds later, I'd get an email saying I would have ordered it this way. And I was like, dude, micromanage much. Like what, you know, like so annoying. Um, but I realized it was that that was his way. And also he hadn't, you know, managed a ton of people before. That was his way of saying, this is what I've learned works better. And so as I got to see, you know, you know, and kind of like working through like, here's what I'm feeling when you're giving me this feedback and here's what, um, here's how I would prefer to get this feedback is really important to have those conversations, not just with the family member, but I think with any manager or person that you're working with, because not everybody 
wants that direct thing or they might not want it in person. They might want it in an email so they can read and reflect. So I do think getting to know personalities and how people react to different types of feedback is really important and how people want to be managed. Um, because, you know, it, it's his company, his reputation is on the line. Um, but I think it's also interesting that I, you know, you've, you've interviewed so many amazing leaders of companies, which, and I find it so inspiring, but quite honestly, that's not, it hasn't ever been my ambition to lead a company. I know my skills and I am a doer. If you want something done, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it well. Um, you know, and I'm going to hopefully bring efficiencies and bring a ton of value, but I am not the one to necessarily see five years, 10 years down the road and what trends are happening because I'm busy doing. And that's not to say that I'm not strategic and can't, you know, manage ahead of things, but that's not what comes as naturally to me. So I think also having a really good sense of, you know, what are the things that you enjoy doing and that you know you're good at and then letting the other person go. I will say it was helpful that I was in Denver and he was in LA because when we did get annoyed with each other, especially early, I could hang up the phone in just seven minutes. <laughs> Man, you got to know, like, you got to know, like, where the 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 pros are, right? Like, I can hang up the phone, that it works for us, that helps us, real talk. Like, no, yeah, I, I love that. Um, and I think that a lot of also, like, what I'm hearing you describe, like, Yes, applicable to working with family, but kind of what you were insinuating to like applicable to like how to work best with your clients, how to work best with your with the brands, how like just in general, like communicating, like knowing where your strengths are, where their strengths are. It sounds like you also have like a very genuine like respect for each other, which I think is like huge in terms of just like setting a really solid foundation for your relationship. So I I love that. I think this is all great advice. I want to pivot slightly because I want to hear like I want to let's talk more about like influencer marketing more specifically I want to know from your perspective what do you think that influencer marketers these days could and should be doing better I do so I've seen a lot of campaigns one of the things that I love in my position um putting my biz dev hat on is that I see a lot of briefs and campaigns coming through. And from a marketing background, I get so excited, like, Oh, the NBA is promoting the playoffs this way. And I give that basketball example because we have a large basketball roster or, you know, Papa John's is doing this campaign or Puma is showing off all of their new suede this way. So I love seeing all of the campaigns come through. I do think um, where, there's still opportunity is um, in some ways to really better understand the creators and um, and the briefs and really allow the creator to come up with what they think is going to do the best on their channels. So there are sometimes still where I'll see, you know, here's the overall campaign overview. It's a couple sentences. And then the brief is like 1700 talking points and this kind of thing. So I think, you know, obviously some things are, you know, regulated and need to have the accurate talking points and the do's and the don'ts, which I do think is super helpful. But I think in general, giving the creators the space to say, here's what we're trying to accomplish. And we trust you to go and be creative um, and to come up with the content that we know that, you know, your fans are going to love. I think that's a real opportunity still. I, I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that like, 
I think people's ego gets in the way a little bit. Um, I also think like from an agency's perspective, and I've said this before on the, on the podcast, but like, I understand that like, if an agency is hired, they feel like they have to justify their work. We all do. Right. And so what I mean by that is like, if they come in, they feel probably um, pressured, uh, rightfully so in some instances, to just like come up with the creative of the campaign. And then they brief the influencers. And then I feel like they sort of like, they they stick a little too hard to that original concept. They don't really let the influencers sort of take it as inspiration. Um, they almost like, it almost feels like a mandate. So I don't know. I bring that up to say like, I understand, like I empathize where people are coming from, but it sounds like in your experience, I know in my experience, like if you sort of provide a framework and then let the influencer fly and interpret it and like add some flavor of like what they know that their audience will appreciate and will resonate with and all that stuff. Like it's just, it, it's, it's so much better. Plus all the influencers content doesn't feel the same. Like it feels special. It feels different. You have lots of different types of pieces to con of content to, to utilize. So anyways, I appreciate all that perspective. I want to talk a little bit about trends because that's definitely, I feel like since TikTok became like this huge thing, people talk a lot about, a lot more perhaps about trends. Like, you know, look, if a new, if a, if a social platform um, has a new feature that they've recently rolled out, like, I don't know, reels aren't new, but when reels were new and you were creating reels, your reels were getting tons of reaches, reach and impressions. Why? Because it was a new thing for Instagram. And so they were just promoting the heck out of it. Um, but you could also talk about like, you know, trends in terms of like a challenge on TikTok or some trending, I don't know, like some trending types of videos. I, I would love to hear like what trends have sort of stood out to you lately, especially because of like your niche and the type of talent that you, you represent? Um, what trends do you think people should be aware of these days that are, that are really interesting? Um, great question. I, I, I've seen a lot more, um, let me see trends. I mean, I've seen a lot more agencies kind of looking to take advantage of reels and having them this is a tough one for me because I feel like I'm I'm busy like doing a lot and looking at all the campaigns that are coming in but not necessarily taking a step back to see trends I think what I have seen is I've seen a lot more of brands not necessarily wanting to just be on one platform obviously but spreading the wealth between TikTok and um Instagram I don't think that's you know super new um but I have seen, I think the awareness campaigns obviously are huge on TikTok still. I think, I think we're, um, what I have seen also is a lot of companies starting to um, invest more in music and promote more music. And so, you know, music publishing is always one of those things that's claimed immediately on YouTube and on Instagram, but I've seen a lot more companies kind of come in, um, customizing their own music on campaigns, which I do think is, is great. And having that trends, um, on all the, on the TikTok and other stuff like that. 
No, I think that's all. No, that's great. I think that's, that's awesome to hear about like the, so the music and um, no, I think that's really interesting. I I'd love to, I want to dig more into like the type of talent that you guys represent. Cause it's, it's little, it's unique. It's different. First of all, share with our audience, if you don't mind, like a, a, a snapshot of your roster, like the types of talent that you guys represent, um, maybe the, the number of influencers that you represent, give us an idea of who you guys are working with. Yeah, of course. So, um, we've started kind of in the sports meets gaming realm. So we have a bunch of channels that do sports analysis. And then we have a number of channels who started crossing over or met online doing gaming and specifically NBA 2K and Madden and crossed over to doing some IRL challenges. So a while ago, um, you know, Dude Perfect was out there doing all sorts of challenges, but my brother, as he was growing the company, saw, you know what, we actually need, like, there's a lot of diverse creators who are doing some really cool things and are in that intersection between streetwear and NBA 2K and game, like sports gaming and, um, you know, vlogging and doing some fun sports challenges in real life. So Two Hype is one of our big creators. We have another group, AMP, out of Atlanta. Um, And as we've grown in kind of that IRL challenge space, it's also we've grown into the just NBA and basketball creators in general. So we have some former Harlem Globetrotters. Krista Jackson and Brie Green are from um, are some of the few female Harlem Globetrotters that are on our roster. Um, and then we have a bunch of other sports creators who um, are doing really cool stuff. So Stefania um, is one of our creators who carries a basketball hoop and goes from city to city, bringing people together to play hoop. So she did that during Black Lives Matter um, events in Philadelphia near where she's from. Um, and she's doing that now across the country. Um, and we have Tristan Jass, who's known for his um, crazy layups. And so we've developed a great relationship with the NBA, where they actually partner with our clients to bring the creators to some of the NBA um, events like Combine and the Draft and um, All-Star Weekends. We've had some of our creators commentate on some of the All-Star games. Um, and so we're kind of known in this space. Like if you want a basketball creator, at some point you're coming to long haul. Um, and then we're starting to do more other sports. And one of the things I've been really proud of is growing our female roster because now, um, especially female basketball stars, I think I saw some NIL chart um over all-star weekend where um i think it's you know football creators at the college level and then it's women basketball players who are making the most amount of money and so i as a woman obviously and you know want to see other women succeed love the fact that now there's a lot of women who are coming out of college who are playing a sport who have grown their audience and are able to take advantage of that and you know create really cool content related to basketball or related to soccer and, you know, related to the sports that they love and show that women are strong and independent. Um, One of our clients, Jamad Finn, um, is Muslim and wears a hijab when she plays. And she's like been playing basketball in college and is getting a lot of attention now. And I'm so proud of all of our women creators for, you know, 
showing that women can do what men can do and can make awesome content and, you know, be, be so inspiring. I wish I had like a little, like, I don't know. I feel like I need a sound effect, like a, <laughs> the sound effect together. Yes. I love that man. Cause part of what I was like, I was like, do I ask you about like what it is to work in like a fairly male dominated industry? And I was like, Fuck that. I don't even want to ask that question. <laughs> like, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw you sort of want to say something. So I'll, I'll tell you briefly. I'm hesitant to ask that question because I'm almost like tired of ask. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, no, like you're doing incredible work. Like, I like, I almost want to press the I believe button and just think that like, we don't even have to ask that question anymore. However... I feel like you wanted to say something, so you have to ask the question, what would you like to address with with that topic? (laughs) No, I'll say I'm seeing more women in the rooms. You know, oftentimes now it still is, you know, a bunch of guys on a Zoom because it's sports and it's gaming. And, you know, traditionally that is more of, you know, the male audience and, and the male execs making decisions. What I've been really happy with is, you know, seeing campaigns come in where they're looking for basketball creators. And then I'm like, hey, have you considered female ones? We have great. And it kind of opens, you know, the agency's eyes like, oh, yeah, maybe we should, you know, add some more women to the campaign, Um, you know, especially, you know, from diverse backgrounds. Um, But I will say some of the things I've seen and, you know, I heard, you know, when when you're looking for a job, you know, women are like, can I do every single thing on this job description? Men are like, oh, I can do like 60 percent. So I would be great at it. So I think, you know, having some kind of confidence to just know that your opinion is as valuable as the other guys in the room and maybe more so because you're coming at it from a different perspective and might be considering things that the guys in the room aren't even thinking about um, is really helpful. I know a lot of people have talked about negotiating and I don't, I don't know that that's a a woman thing, but I think, you know, being assertive and asking for what you want is so important in this industry. And I've seen, you know, I don't, I don't think I really negotiated a whole lot for myself, uh, prior to this job and certainly not on behalf of other clients. I, you know, sometimes it's still easier to say, oh, well, this person's amazing. Of course, they should be getting this rate for these deliverables. Or let's, you know, see how we can figure out some something else in the package to make sure that their value is noted and that they're getting, you know, the same amount of money for the value that they are creating, if not more. And, you know, knowing that you can start pushing and asking for more money, I think, for, you know, women, for men, it doesn't matter, you know, making sure that you're just being assertive and having those asks out and showing that, you know, yes, this person is, is worth this much money. And, you know, um, I guess just, you know, having, having the ask out, you're not going to know what you can get until you ask, and then you negotiate. A hundred percent. And so what do you think, like, are there any misconceptions about the type of talent that you work with. Basically, would you like to like go on the record to correct, you know, misconceptions that people believe about, you know, gamers or people who work in sports and um, that type of talent? What, what, what would you like to let us know about? Sure. I don't know if I know what people's conceptions are, but I will say, you know, some of our 
talent who do IRL challenges and are out there doing stuff are the most creative people I've ever seen. I mean, having to come up with concepts week in, week out to keep the content fresh, to keep their fans engaged. I mean, it is a grind and they, you know, are their own little CEOs and execs of their companies working across the board to coordinate the shoots. You know, as, as we all know, it is, it is a full business. And I think that's why the influencer space is starting to see the value and, and get money, you know, like paid out to these, to these influencers because they're doing a heck of a lot of work to create amazing content. Um, so I think they're creative. Oftentimes they're really responsive. I wish, um, everyone on our roster was super responsive, but I think, you know, gamers to some extent, there might be a conception that, you know, people are in their basement or in their mom's basement. And, you know, interestingly, we (laughs) have, um, you know, clients who do work in dark spaces quite a bit, but they're grinding, you know, they're coming up with new content. They're coming up with new ideas of of what to talk about and what to, um, you know, what videos to put together. And, um, so yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I think athletes in general are competitive and they are assertive sometimes because you have to be in that athletic space. And so it is interesting to see people start to see the value of collaboration. And I think especially as, new influencers are growing their audiences and really taking time to kind of see what other people are out there. Collabs is an amazing way to grow your audience and to, um, you know, start working with other creators who are in the space. And so we've, we've seen a lot of successes, um, individual content creators, you know, have friendships and then start partnering with different creators. It just, you know, boost the value of everyone's content because everyone is learning from each other. That's so interesting too. I love that idea that it sounds true that, and I believe you, of course, that, you know, athletes are very competitive. Um, That's a really interesting quality to sort of like tap into, like in terms of like, well, don't you want your content to be the best? And like, it's a, it's a very clearly defined personality trait. So that sounds like something, someone that I would definitely want to work with. That's so interesting. I love that, like that perspective. That's some really good insight. Um, I will say something that, you know, we continually kind of coach our clients about sometimes is, you know, you at some point, you know, there is definitely competition. Well, this person's getting these deals and this person's getting these deals. And to some degree, I think we should be, you know, looking at what is out there, but some of the things we, you know, as, as talent managers are always, um, you know, looking at is at some point, you know, it's the brand and the agency's choice. And so, you know, while we strongly pitch the clients that we think will do the best fit, you know, oftentimes it is a certain talent's um, engagement rates or that the fans are definitely going to be more inclined to, you know, follow this call to action than somebody else's, um, audience. And so I think there is a continued focus kind of coaching the clients on, listen, you need to create content that you are happy with, that you are passionate about, that you are proud putting out into the world. And when people see you having fun and they see you, you know, continually doing your thing and being the best that you can be, then, you know, the fans will follow. But it is, you know, it is interesting, especially with so many creators in the same space um, that I'm, you know, I'm sure people are wondering why different talent are getting it. And it's, 
you know, being able to advocate for everyone is something that I'm continuously doing and, you know, making sure that all of our clients are presented in, you know, the best light possible and, you know, being able to, to divvy up the, the work as, as appropriate is something that, you know, we value ours. We, we pride ourselves on. I love that. And so do I think my last question for you to for today, and it's, this conversation's gone so quickly, it's been really nice chatting with you, is like, what would you say is your superpower as a business person, as a woman, like as a mom, as a partner, like a friend, whatever it is, what would you say is your personal superpower? Hopefully putting kindness first. And I would say also not getting ruffled. I remember I was sharing this the other day. One of my earliest managers um, said the word she would use to describe me is steady. And I was a little bit offended at first. I was like, what is steady? But she goes, you never get ruffled. You're so even keeled. I can like, you're so reliable. I can trust you to get things done. And I think in this space, when there are a lot of egos or there can be egos both on, you know, the brand side, don't you know who we are? We could choose anyone. Sometimes not all, most of the brands that we work with are great, but you know, from the talent side too, you know, kind of being able to diplomatically say, here's the situation we're in, here's the opportunities that we have, you know, let's work through it and then kind of see the big picture and always keep in mind, you know, here's what our mission is. Here's what our goal is. We're here to support our clients. We're here to support the campaigns that the brands want. And ultimately, you know, we're not curing children's cancer, but we are doing our best to support our creators live an amazing life and create the content that they want to do and support the brands and the messages that they want to get out, you know, clear communication and coming at it from a place of, you know, support and kindness is, is hopefully my superpower. I would definitely say that that is your superpower and um, what a cool superpower to have. So with that being said, we're going to pivot to some of our member questions because we have members who are tuning in live to this recording. In fact, we have a couple people who said hello. So Kayla is tuning in and said good morning. And Stacy said hello. And Erica said hi. So we're tuning in, which is always lovely to see. And we're going to start with one question, which is about discovering and assigning new talent. So do you guys have any specific strategies for when you are looking to build your roster? Sure. We, you know... It's, it's oftentimes easier to build from the strength that you have as opposed to starting in something new. So we're not going to be looking, you know, for pure beauty creators. That's not where our strength is. Um, but we do look at um, creators that are doing similar things to us that may complement. So in the sports world, you could certainly, you know, be partnered with the vast number of brands and agencies that we're working with now, um, but maybe new sports. So we just brought on our first soccer person. We're, you know, looking for more baseball content and other stuff like that. We also, you know, are known for kind of the male audience. And so thinking about what other channels either doing sports analysis, so kind of looking at what's already working on our roster and where we can build from there. So are there more sports analysis channels that we should 
be looking at, you know, perhaps bring on hockey if they're getting the views that, you know, are kind of within the threshold that we can bring deals for. Um, we also have some really talented film channels, film review channels. And so, um, you know, their fans are super engaged. And so looking at how can we identify more channels in that realm. So our strategies kind of work from both where are we seeing the demand and where do we, what are the brands and agencies that we work with that we think we can expand onto new creators? And then also looking at, you know, what are our strengths from a talent standpoint? And then how can we complement that, but still be in the same, you know, family? I think that's great advice. Similarly, the uh, question is about sort of like procuring more deals for your talent. Um, what sort of like strategies or tips and tricks would you recommend in order to just drum up more business for talent that's already signed to your roster? Sure. Um, we are in a very... I guess, lucky and curated situation in that a lot of our business is incoming or is repeat business from the brands and agencies that we have relationships with. So we do get a lot of incoming inquiries. And then once we secure a deal for the talent that they're interested in, we always say, hey, have you considered these additional clients on our roster? Because we think they'd also be a great fit. We are still kind of evaluating and I'd, you know, be interested to hear from others on the call or, or others later about what platforms are using, especially on the social side. We do work, you know, we have, we're starting in the last few years to have more creators who are primarily on social as opposed to primarily on YouTube. And so with Instagram and TikTok, those campaigns, we're not seeing, you know, the steady revenue that we do with some of the more basic direct response brands and deals on YouTube. And so, you know, always looking to connect with more agencies who are more focused on, you know, the Instagram and TikTok and even Snapchat coming up soon. So I think, you know, one of the strategies that we continue to use is reaching back to the agencies that we've already done deals with. Hey, what are you working on now? Or, Hey, here's, you know, our new signings and just keeping those, you know, relationships fresh every so often, if we're not already in constant contact with them. Perfect. And our last question for today is a, a really great question. Like if, what advice would you give to um, somebody working in the talent management space if they are just starting out? Sure. So I would say really get a great sense of the content that people are working on. Spend time looking at trending pages to see what's going on. Spend time, you know, on the on the whim Facebook group, seeing how people are commenting and what questions they're having and try and get experience like digging in, you know, so I don't know if the person would already be in a, in a talent management position already, but, you know, trying to always think about how you can add value. So give and put to your clients when they're, um, you know, submitting drafts. So, hey, like, this is great. Let's get brand feedback. Additional thoughts I have on how you can make this more engaging are this, this, and this. I think, 
you know, being able to kind of coach your talent is appreciated. Obviously, you don't want them doing extra work if the brand or agency is perfectly happy with their content, but showing that you really care about them as a person. And then in addition, you know, that the, the, however you can help them elevate the content that they're creating is always going to be of value. Um, and then, you know, continuing to kind of see um, what, you know, what agencies are doing, sign up for newsletters. I get a bunch of newsletters. It's always interesting to see what agencies are working on what type of campaigns with what brands so that if you have a talent that's super interested in that brand, you can, you know, perhaps reach out and, and start those relationships as well. And can I put you on the spot and ask you like which newsletters you like? Cause I always love sharing that sort of information with people. Um, I get brand innovators. I get, I think I get semaphores newsletters. I am open to getting more. I wish I had more time to read them. Um, I do, um, you know, look through the whim comments quite a bit. I wish I had more time again to comment on them, but I also enjoy listening to, um, this podcast, obviously. And then I'm actually, uh, I went to college with Lauren Schnipper and she and Josh Cohen from two filter have a great interview that I know you were on to the creator upload. So you went to college with Lauren. Oh my God. She's like one of my favorite people on the planet. We interviewed her. She, I've been on her podcast and yeah, she's funny. She actually has like a background in comedy, which I didn't even realize that makes total sense. She's so smart. Like that's so cool that you guys went to college. What school did you guys go to? We went to George Washington University. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so we were on the, on the same floor <laughs> with the same freshman dorm. And I will say it's hilarious. I sometimes admit I listen to podcasts on a higher speed, but for her, I had to go back to a regular speed because she talks so fast. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny, man. She like when you're that smart, your brain just goes. She's she's brilliant. I love. I'm a big fan of hers. That's so. It's such a small world. So, um, in that spirit of it being a small world and connecting with people and making more connections, I'm sure that a lot of people who are watching or listening today would love to get in touch with you to learn more about you, your company, your talent. So, um, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Sure. Um, Chantal at Long Haul MGMT is my email. And then LinkedIn is also great. Um, Instagram, and I'm not really active on TikTok, although I enjoy looking. And Instagram, I kind of keep more uh, family related than public. Perfect. So thank you so much for joining today. Um, it's been so lovely, like getting to know you more and your business and like congratulations on all the success that you and your brother has had. Um, it's so cool to see our members joining in live too. So I'll bring up Emmy said hello. Thank you <laughs> so all for really joining. Thank you again for having me and for this amazing opportunity and just the ability to be in this amazing, inspiring group of women. You're the best. We're learning from you. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with us. And for everyone listening or watching, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.
tune in next week.